0: Fans for Life podcast. I am your host landon Thomas. I am joined by Ian Kyanja, and this episode we will be talking about Media Day and the first practice of training camp. Ian, are you ready for the season?
1: I'm I'm chomping at the bit. I mean, I I already got some people in my mentions telling me I need a drink because I, a
0: drink. <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey. I'm just telling y'all exactly what I see. And I'm telling y'all the truth.
0: You 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 do that. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to go um deep into last week, but <laughs> sip sip on some umbrella drinks, relax. Um <laughs> but keep being you. That's what that's what you that's what you you do on the pod, and mm-hmm. that's who you are. You tell it like it is, so tell it like it is. Exactly. Okay, so this episode we'll be talking about just a few things that we noticed from Media Day and uh, the first practice of training camp. Where do we start? I mean, the season is almost upon us. The two topics are always at hand, and these are the topics that everyone's talking about um, the past couple days and the past couple months, really. (laughs) The third ball handler on this team, and then also Christian Wood, starting the season off the bench. So, Ian, let's start with third ball handler. Mm. I felt like this was – this picked up really big time when um, Drogic signed with the Bulls and everyone was just trying to figure out who is going to be the third ball handler. Um, And during media day, Jason Kidd said it himself. He specifically said that Frank Akina and Josh Green – will share the opportunity to be that third ball handler. Then he also mentioned um, guys like um, Dorian Finney-Smith and also Maxi Cleaver, which is um, very confusing to me. But as guys that can potentially, you know, handle the ball during some some of the plays. And you, you even mentioned it last week with Dorian Finney-Smith. So what, what's your thoughts on his comments regarding the third ball handler on this team?
1: Well it's his comments are, are a bit of a explanation that like this team has no third ball handler, so it'll be by committee. It's like in the NFL, when a team doesn't have a good running back, they just have four and they all split the carries. They yeah. each get like eight carries a game because none of them are actually really good. And and the same thing will go for the third ball handler on the team. You know you're gonna have Doncic and you know you're gonna have Dinwiddie and it's who else and so on some nights it may be dorian on some nights maybe maxi is making something happen in the pick and roll pick and pop game and and on some nights josh green has flashed his ability to be a passer it's his jump shot that's holding him back more than anything else um the one player that stood out to me is just not a playmaker or not a secondary ball handler it was Frank Nielakina. um I just didn't understand that one. I don't see him flourishing in that role. I see him flourishing in a role that allows him to be a defender, uh, allows him to you know, hit open shots, and then basically a role that doesn't give him too many decisions to make. Um, not that I think he's a bad basketball player, but I just think that he's limited skills-wise in what he brings to the game. And so to allow him to flourish... You you make the game simple for him. You tell him you know play defense, run to these spots, and shoot when you're open, and that's how a guy like that flourishes. So I didn't understand that, but but between Dorian, uh, Maxi, and and Josh Green, I can see a, a ball handler by committee. And and one thing that I am intrigued sounds like kid hinted at this that you know the Mavs are going to incorporate a lot of pick and roll into their offense this year. Um, especially with McGee and Wood, and I'd like to see Dorian Finney-Smith play a short roller role within the offense. We know Finney-Smith can shoot. We know that he he's a he's a great catch and shoot guy. But imagine him getting an opportunity to on on a short roll, Luca finds him play downhill, basically playing you know three on two, four on three with the defense, and being a decision maker out of that area of the floor. I mean, Draymond Green has built a Hall of Fame career playing that style of game and just making the right decision more times than not. Um, and I'm not saying Dorian Finney-Smith is Draymond Green, but I am saying I think that's something that he could be fairly decent or above average at, playing downhill um, at four-on-three situations, three-on-two situations, and just making the simple right basketball read. And I think the Mavs may incorporate some of that um, into this year's iteration simply to make up for the loss of Jalen Brunson and to find that offense somewhere else.
0: Yeah, it's really interesting because Dorian Finney-Smith said it himself in his press conference at Media Day on one of the things that he worked on this offseason was more one of, the, one of the goals that he had this season was to be an additional ball handler for this team and push it down the hill and have some of those plays that he can do some of the things that you just mentioned. And I think that would make this offense more unpredictable. And especially when you have a guy that like Luca at the head of the um, table, you know, um, you need more guys who can help you out and help Luca out um, as Jason Kidd, as the coach of this team, just to make, Make it easier long term because we know what Luca's gonna do. Um, We kind of know what Spencer's gonna do, but who who else in that starting lineup is is gonna have the opportunities to um, handle the ball? And like you said, with Josh Green, I I feel like this is the make or break year for him. Um, Mm -hmm. Especially just what is his role? You know, because
1: who is he as a player i mean like it's so bewildering that you know we're heading into year three and i feel like i don't know the guy at all about like who he is as a player what he wants to become what he wants to do some people try to say he's like young andre guadala but he doesn't nearly have the same level of athleticism uh he doesn't have just he he he's not iggy and it's not well, the hand a, ball, the shooting he, and it's it's he's a good passer like he makes good basketball plays um but the, the nba it's it's a weird league like you either have your niche that you're really good at or you're a superstar and if you're anything in between <laughs> you don't last very long like Think about Maxi Kleber is still in the league because he plays defense and he hits open threes. Those are that's the only reason he's in the league. And could he do other things? One hundred percent. If he pulled up to an LA Fitness, would he look like Larry Bird himself? Probably. But it's, it's the reality of in the NBA, you either need a niche skill, or you need to be a superstar, or you won't last very long. And with with Josh Green, I just don't know what his niche skill is. Because it's hard to be a dynamic passer when you can't shoot. And and I, I emphasize this so much whenever I'm just talking game with people. Um, it's why Draymond Green, outside of his defensive effort, has really struggled offensively. Draymond Green was so good during the Warriors' peak year of 2015 it, because because of his ability to shoot the ball and how well he was shooting it then in his career. And the guys actually had to come out and guard him at the three-point line, which made it easier for him to make those second, third, fourth-level reads. And when you can't shoot, It's easier for guys to play off of you. It's easier for guys to play the pass. And you see how teams guard Draymond Green now.
0: Bro, you love Draymond Green. My goodness.
1: It it gives to me because the reason, and there's a method to my madness, is that Draymond Green is no better than a role player. But he's carved out a Hall of Fame career for himself simply by doing the things that you need to in order to be successful in the league and it's also helped that he's played with Steph Curry and so I think that like not everybody can be Steph not everyone can be Giannis LeBron or Luka but I think a lot of players in this league can be Draymond Green I mean he's an undersized four who's not athletic who can't shoot and yet he just won another
0: championship simply by doing everything else well well, and he does it great. I mean, that's that's why he's Draymond. I mean, he, he def- exactly.
1: But it's 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 that player development arc that I'm getting at. So when I talk about Draymond Green, I mean it in the theoretical sense of Josh Green. If his career is going to be anything in this league, in the same way that Dorian Finney-Smith's role in the the Mavs offense this year should mirror what the Warriors do with Draymond Green, it's that. You need those guys that make the simple basketball plays. So, with the offense, it's heliocentric around Doncic, right? You're going to see a lot of pick and roll action, pick and pop action. So, say Josh Green sets the screen for Luca, and Luca comes off that screen, hits Green. Green is heading down the lane. There's a defender in front of him, and then there's two guys in the corners, right? and then you have Luka as a release valve behind you, and you have the other three players on the court. Uh, that's a situation where you're playing four on three, essentially, and you have to be able to make that secondary level read that says, if I go here, this guy's going to be open. And that's how Draymond Green's built his entire basketball career. It's that he he got good at making that next level read. Staying one step ahead, and that's why I think that like discussing him in this context is important because he gets the most out of his limited abilities. And you already know how I feel about the limited abilities on this roster. And so to maximize their skill sets, it's Josh Green. He can't shoot. He's at he's athletic in terms of quickness and and slight bounce, but he's not a crazy jumper. What can he do? He's a great transition player or a good transition player and he's a, a, a good playmaker. And so how can we accentuate those skills? It's off-ball movement, you know? It's mm-hmm. it's him being able to catch the ball and then get rid of the ball, allowing him to make decisions In quick succession. What I don't want to see are (laughs) sets where Josh Green is is handling the ball and setting up the offense. What I do want to see is Josh Green catching the ball on a cut, laying it up, or catching the ball and moving it, making decisions within one second of having the ball on what he wants to do. The same goes for Dorian Finney-Smith in that he can be a playmaker if he has the ball and he's making quick decisions. What I don't want to see is Dorian pulling the ball out to then ISO his man that will be horrid
0: yeah um I mean honestly they have they have to have Josh Green be a point guard I mean if he if is that not embarrassing to say no but honestly that's what he has he has to become because it's not embarrassing to say I mean that's you just say he's a playmaker so he has to be a playmaker on this team I mean that's can't shoot. That's the that's the one part. But that's, but that's what he's been working on this summer. I mean, we have to see what he does in preseason. We have to see what he does in the first um first ten games of the season to be able to see his progression because yep. that's what Kid is putting him in that position to do. I mean, they didn't sign nobody, they signed a two-way player, Tyler Dorsey. They drafted Jaden Hardy. But they're not getting. They're not going to get those opportunities right away. I mean, it's literally Frank and Josh, and no one else is coming in the door. <laughs> so that's what they. <laughs> no have. No one's coming to save you, man. I mean, honestly, um, they could do good. I mean, you have to. We have to see what they do in the first ten games of the season. We can't go off of last year. I mean, Jalen Brunson wasn't even starting at the beginning of the last season. And look what happened. I mean, we have to see what they do in the opportunity that Jason Kidd gives them at the beginning of the season. And I think Josh Green, um, like I said, this is the make or break season. I think I think he knows that, to be honest. Um mm. he's working on his threes. He's trying to continue to improve his handles. Um, he's working on defense. He didn't even go to um uh, summer league because he wanted to work on individual work um, when I thought he should have been playing in summer league as the point guard and have Jaden Hardy as the shooting guard um, um, as a combo. But that's another day. I feel like this is his time to shine. If you want to be a solid rotation player in the Mavericks rotation, because I mean, they have no other options. Like you said, Frank is better off the ball on wing defender and he he gets streaky at times with, with the sh- shooting, but he's not, he's not a natural point guard. Josh green has the make to be a natural point guard as a playmaker defender. And if he improves his three point shooting, that's the biggest key to the first, that's the biggest key to preseason uh, or even practice when they allow us um to watch the end of practice, I want to see him making, you know, threes in a row, just getting that rhythm and being confident. That's another thing, confidence. Mm -hmm. Um, Because we saw flashes of his game where he'll have nine assists one game or he'll have um, 14 points one game or um, three steals one game. You know, he has to be confident to be consistent where he has some regular stats that he's putting up on a nightly basis i mean he doesn't have to have 14 every night doesn't have to have nine assists every night but it would be nice to see him have at least um you know eight points every single night and then three assists um every single night so just something that gives you the progress and his progression of his career
1: Hmm. yeah i mean I I I I agree with that sentiment. I I also find myself being just skeptical. I you know you remember yeah. in in um you remember in the early 2010s how every summer we'd hear about Dwight Howard working on his jump shot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then and then every year the the, the every season it'd be the same thing. That, that's kind of how I feel whenever guys are like, Man, I really worked on my shot. And yeah. until I see a guy that's shooting, you know, goes from shooting 60% from the free throw line to like 79, 80% from the free throw line, where and you see that structural difference in their their shot, that's when I'll start having faith in their ability to to shoot the ball. Cause I mean, that's the biggest contingency in my mind of Mm-hmm. of that making that jump to to becoming a, a serviceable shooter um it it always starts at the free throw line and builds out and so i'm always a skeptic whenever i see people that say hey i've worked on my shot well like you said prove it to me and and only time will tell with that and maybe my skepticism is is ill found i'd love to be proven wrong again I, People think I'm a Mavs hater. I enjoy being proven wrong, but I've watched enough basketball to know when to taper my expectations. And and this leads me to um the question I had for you, Landon, was what what vibe did you get during Media Day? Like how would you describe the 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 aura around the team? Uh, especially a team that made the western conference finals it wasn't this excitement to get back there it was almost like a managing expectations of like we want to get back there but it might not happen that's what it felt like to me and i don't know whether that should be a concern or not because if a team made the western conference finals wouldn't they be all gung-ho to say like we're gonna be back there but it feel it felt like On Monday, they were spreading the message of like everyone manage your expectations because this is, this is a as kid likes to say a marathon, not a sprint.
0: I mean, you just said it. I I feel like it comes from the top down, and we've seen Mark say it, we've seen Jason Kidd say it, we've seen Dirk say it that it's hard to get back there, and it it was a great season. It was the beginning of a new era of Mavericks basketball, but we'll see what happens this season. We're gonna put ourselves in a position to try to get back there, and we're just going to continue to build and make sure that we put ourselves in a position to win as many games as we can. I think that's that's the vibe that they gave, like hey, we're here, we know we have. A target on our back since we went to the Western Conference Finals. Last year we surprised people. And this year, um, we have a new roster um with two new additions that are gonna be playing major minutes and um we're gonna try to win as many games as we can. Instead mm-hmm. of hey, we're here now, we're excited, you know, the Pat Pat Beverly type vibes. Mm-hmm. You walk in those media day rooms. Um that, that's that's the vibe I got, yeah. it was
1: it's it's this like we we'll, we're going to try to get back to the Western Conference finals, but we don't expect to. That's the aura I got. Like we're going to give it our best bet to try to win a championship. And it's almost like once we get in, whatever happens happens. like if once we get into the playoffs, whatever happens happens. We make the finals or we lose second round. it, it It's like this weird. Because typically teams that make the Western Conference Finals, they're like chomping it the bit to to get back out there and get and 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 try to get back there, and it's almost like this craze that they're like, we were so close, I need to get back there. But even Luca, he changed his, every every media day since he's gotten here. He's talked about winning a championship, and even on Monday, like he changed his tone where he's like, you know, we're just gonna want to try to get better every day, and that shocked me. 'Cause with Luca he always talks about how the expectation is a championship.
0: Well, he did say he won the same goal he, he has is to win a championship. He did say that. But he did also say he just wants to get the team to get better as well, like you just mentioned. I feel like I feel like I feel like we should appreciate the transparency, though I mean I mean the honesty the, the
1: only the one honor. team can win every summer
0: <laughs> yeah that's what it really boils down to i mean because when you think about it you kind of have you kind of have to have some luck and yeah. obviously clicking
1: at the right time then mm-hmm. you, you you we've already talked about it ad nauseum but just the mavs had a run where they played some favorable opponents and i think the mavs are just happy they're not phoenix right now <laughs> yeah, with your star center not talking to your coach for the last four months or something like that.
0: Yeah, that's pretty bad. Um, but when you think about it, th- they did just lose Jalen Brunson, their second best pl- um, player on last year's team, um, mm-hmm. who, who's still young. And that's the problem. They don't have the same team as last year. Um, mm-hmm.
1: And maybe that confidence level would be different if Brunson came back and they got Wood well,
0: you know. Yeah, and and the the person who has the talent to be your second best player mm-hmm. is coming off the bench, so yep, mind boggling. The second, um, it's, it's a head up. scratching move, man. Yeah, that's another thing that came out of media day and the first day of training camp. Uh, Jason Kidd elaborated on. Just a follow-up of Media Day, uh, Christian Wood um, stated that that was the first time that he heard um, Jason Kidd say he's going to be coming off the bench. In the first practice of training camp, Jason Kidd confirmed that. He said he Mm -hmm. hasn't talked to um, Christian Wood about coming off the bench, but his assistant coaches have. Um so he he hasn't had that conversation yet. He said they will have those conversations as they move forward in, in training camp and in preseason and just see who, who is um Christian Wood. You know, he said he hasn't mm-hmm. he hasn't coached them before. He hasn't seen what he's capable um capable of. Um obviously um he knows who he is, but just you know the day to day and just the Mm -hmm. makeup of who he is because he's on a winning team for the first time in a while. I mean, it's something that they have to figure out who he is and what's his role, and then when they find that role, um, what can they ask him to do more of um, after Mm -hmm. he understands that role. And it's kind of – I was thinking to myself, I was looking back at last year's training camp. He did the same thing. Jason Kidd did the same exact thing the second day of training camp. When we were all wondering, is THJ starting or who's is Bullock going to start? Because he just had a great season with the Knicks. And we weren't even thinking about Brunson, to be honest. Um, kid came out and said it. He said, hey, um, THJ, I, I had conversations with him. I asked him his thoughts. Um, he came back to me. He said he wanted to start. I think he's a starter. He's going to start. And he's, then he said, um, Kristaps Porzingis is going to be my four. Um, pal is starting, and this was at the beginning of training camp. And we knew Luca and Dor- um, Dorian were the other starters, so he announced his starting lineup at the beginning of training camp. And we know how that ended. I mean, Brunson started um, when Luca was out, but he became a full time starter at the beginning of January, and they won nine of ten games. Reggie Bullock started when kp was injured in um early february late january and then he got traded obviously he re, bullock remained the starter um they won like 13 out of 15 games um when bullock was a starter and the rest is history that magic magical run so what's your thoughts on him announcing the starters again and christian wood being off the bench and just them not having that conversation yet. Just what's your what's going through your mind right now when you see all this unravel from the people themselves?
1: Jason Kidd is just such an unconventional guy. Like I, I, the the he, you know he has the most dry sense of humor, and then he's also kind of socially awkward at times. And I just don't understand why he had to go through media day without telling Christian Wood, I he says his assistants talked to him but I mean like how hard is it to just text one of your players and be like hey let's grab a drink let's grab a meal let's talk about the upcoming season to brief What's them on Vegas? what you're they both were in Vegas
0: for summer league
1: Ex- so that's the part where I'm confused I, I was like what it never came up once and so it had to come up in front of us and that, that weird moment that creates where like would maybe half jokingly, maybe not, as saying, yeah, "I haven't heard it from him," and he put that for hint from him on there, and and so yeah, maybe he heard it from the assistants, but I also feel that like just as a coach, you owe it, especially if it's the new guy that you're incorporating onto the team, you owe it to him to have a sit down drink dinner and discuss what you think his role could be and game plan that you shouldn't kind of barnstorm your idea through the media channels before talking to him. I mean, it's great for us because we were almost in shock that he just gave that up so willingly. But as you bring up last year, he did the same thing. So maybe kid just doesn't find it controversial because that he doesn't view starters as being something different than the other guys on the roster. Mm-hmm. Uh, but and, and maybe it comes from that, but all in all, I don't understand the move. I, I I don't see what Javale McGee does at such a high rate better than Wood that you would start McGee over him. I, I I think it kind of in part deals with the fact that Kidd coached the Lakers when they won the 2020 NBA championship and McGee was a part of that team. And if we know anything about Kid in our two years covering him, he's flexible, but he likes familiarity. Once he's stuck on a player, he's stuck on them. So when Powell wasn't contributing in the playoffs, he was still trotting out Powell. And I remember I asked Kid last year about, you know, d- is he thinking about doing something different? And he was basically like, Powell's our starter. And it, it, and so he likes flexibility to a degree. But if he believes in a guy, he really believes in them. And maybe that's how kid feels with McGee, and it's that we're going to roll with McGee because I know him until he shows me that he can't do what we're asking him to do. Because I can't conceive of a basketball world where McGee does something so much better than Wood that you you choose to start him over Wood, who averaged 18 and 10 last year.
0: I I, I think it's like you said, familiarity because he knows what he's getting from McGee. He just knows what he wants and he goes with it. If someone proves him wrong, like you said, that's the other side of him. He's flexible. He'll 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 make the move, the necessary move. Cause we saw it last year. I mean, when things weren't working, he'll slowly Um, come around and say, okay, stubbornly, yeah. Let me try this out, and then when it works, he sticks with it. He doesn't go back to what he knew just to say, hey, I tried it just to show y'all. He sticks with it if it does work. In it, like I mentioned with Brunson proving himself to become a starter, it worked, and we didn't think him and Luca could coexist, um, um, for extended minutes, um, together, and and it worked, and he. You know, he, um, he got he got proved wrong and and he stuck with it because it made the team better. So I think there's an opportunity here with Christian Wood to just bust his butt. I mean, it's really a prove it deal. Show me that you want to be a starter and show me that you can be a starter on a winning team. You know, show me that you can give effort on defense. I think that's another thing. Javale McGee can protect the rim; he can play decent defense, but it's not—it's not dramatically greater than um, Wood. But he is a better defender, and he will protect the rim. So if he just shows effort on defense, he has the makeup, he has the athleticism. All he has to do is show effort. I mean, Dwight Powell was a. Um, the starter for all last season. He he showed effort. That's all you got to do is show effort. And Christian Wood can be that starter um, if they want to continue to play small ball because Jason Kidd's not really about the two big lineup unless you have Anthony Davis. Um, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> um, he said it um, in the post practice that um, they've had success when they went small. They tried the big lineup with Kristaps Porzingis. And when you kind of look at Christian Wood, I mean, that's really what you get with Kristaps Porzingis. I mean, they're kind of similar in their game, and I don't think he's going to go back to that unless you have just a legit defender at um, at the four position, and that's not Christian Wood. So, Mm -hmm. I I
1: concur with everything you said. I concur. So, A rarity, but it happened.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, Ian just agreed with me. Wow. Man. So Think- it the
1: hell must have frozen over.
0: <laughs> Things can change. Everything. <laughs> if you're going through something, it can change. <laughs> Ian. Okay, so final words. Ian, just what what's your training camp expectations and what do you want to see from this team before? preseason starts.
1: I want to see the integration of Tim Hardaway Jr again cuz I'm very intrigued to understand what happens with him. Um is he on this team in February? Is he a main contributor on this team in February? Is this end of season 2021 Tim Hardaway Jr is like who is this version of Tim Hardaway Jr? Post the foot injury, um, because in a way it's it's like getting a play a, a new player. Just because Tim Hardaway Jr. even said that he's a different player now. Oh, yeah. What does that mean? Will we have to suffer through the two for twelve nights anymore? Is that still going to be a thing, or has he found some consistency? And and I'm very intrigued by that. And so I I want to see where he fits in because I. It's a weird place to be when you get hurt and then the team starts winning and then they go on this run, the deepest playoff run they've been on since they went to the NBA finals. And that happens with you on the sidelines and you know you were a main contributor before you got hurt and how that can you can kind of lose your way in that. And so I'm looking at how Tim Ardaway Jr. rebounds um, back from this injury, but not only just like his play, but does he still carry the same locker room leadership weight that he used to
0: yeah because remember last season where kid had his his captains or whatever it was um, the leadership committee leadership committee council three captains he had that i don't know what happened to that um also i don't know what happened to the mavs legends coaching either with, uh Tyson Chan they
1: sl- yeah. they silently got rid of that.
0: Yeah, but um, ThJ was one of those guys. Remember, yeah, and everybody just everybody thinks of him
1: as like a bench energy guy now. And it was funny well, in media yeah. day. Yeah, it was funny in media day when they asked him. They're like, "So, what is your role?" And he was like, "Playing. Like, I'm I'm definitely a player. Like, I'm not a bench guy." Yeah. And it's it's funny. Tim Hardaway Junior., a guy that you know in the second half of that twenty twenty one season was a guaranteed twenty points per game, forty percent from three he is having to re- player. Yeah, is having to remind people about how good he can be. And so this is a a prove it year. And it's strange to say that for a guy that's in the middle of an extension he just earned, that he has to prove that he can still contribute to this iteration of the Mavericks. But that's where he's at. And they got Spencer Dinwiddie. How much do they actually need you?
0: Yeah. It's it's going to be interesting when you look at their bench. I mean, obviously, well, now that they have Christian Wood and now that they have Tim Hardaway Jr., they really could go ham. I mean, they really could if <laughs> if they both are in sync and all in on the roles. Mm-hmm. They could really be you know, um, the, I don't know, the, the Clarkson um, and the Bobby Portis <laughs> off the bench. Bobby! I mean, right? If, if they both are in sync and you have Luca Spencer out of the game, you could really run your game through pick and roll with THJ and Christian Wood. And really sustain the offense while you have your best two starting guys on the bench.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It makes it something it very intriguing. So I think that's one thing to watch in training camp as we attend practices, as well as um once preseason game starts. Just how involved is Tim Hardaway Jr. and and how does he look? Um, because inevitably the jump shot will take a while to be consistent and and be back again. Yeah. Um. But if he's doing all the little things, if he's in the right spots, if he's getting the shots he wants, and it's just a function of them going in, I think Maxi Kleber showed us last year that or last season that as long as you're getting the shots you want, they will start falling eventually. Yeah. And we, I think we need to see that happen for THJ.
0: And that's another guy, Maxi, coming off the bench as well. I mean, you really—I think—is what you said earlier is there's not really starters on this team. There's Luca, and then there's about six guys that are about that at the same level of production. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Or and so, I mean, you have you have Christian, you have um, Hardaway, and then you have Maxi off the bench. Mm-hmm. So, you really have, you know, you really have eight guys who are all starters. And then if you take Luca out, like you said, seven guys who are about the same in productivity and yeah. just value on their team. Obviously, yeah. Dorian is huge with what he does. But, I mean, across the board, you pretty much got Luca and just good role players. <laughs> 0-9 Cavs status, huh? That's what it, it and it works just like you said. I mean, it really could be, it really could be uh O nine Cavs status, or it could be a six seed. I mean, it, you, you really don't know, and that's I guess that's what's the intrigue of. Mm-hmm. I mean, we don't know what we're gonna get. Yep. Each game is gonna be exciting. So
1: something different. And, and I think that's what's nice. We were kind of lamenting, you and I, that we, there, there was no big new superstar to meet and talk to at media day. Um, but I do appreciate the fact that this team is different. And, and, and this being my third season and this in your second season, we kind of came in at that same time where that like, last year's versions of the Mavs and a year prior, they just felt stale. And so the fact that they got somebody that is going to be a key contributor and would in some respects, and they're now getting a full season of Dinwiddie two years removed from his ACL injury. I mean, there is an excitement around this version of the team that just wasn't there when, when heading into last season where you're like, this is the same exact roster.
0: Yeah. It's going to be very exciting because, like you said, we don't know. We don't know mm-hmm. what we're getting from Spencer. We don't know what we're getting from THJ. We don't know what we're getting from Christian Wood. And that could be exciting, but that also can be underwhelming. We just don't know what's going to happen this season. And it's, it's going to be something to talk about for sure either way, which makes <laughs> it the best for us. makes
1: our job easy
0: makes our job easy so ian final words as we are covering training camp who do you think is going to be a surprise player that will just have a great training camp in preseason it could be a starter it could be um, a two-way guy It could be bench just what's one player on the team that you think is going to surprise people in training camp Surprise.
1: I I have a f- good feeling about Maxi in that Ooh. in the the Mavs, they added Wood and McGee. And those are two guys that play his position in a way. And yeah. he had a full summer of just working on his body, working on rehab for the, some of his injuries and then playing basketball. I think that he starts the season really strong Um he's He just got that extension and has that the, he knows that the Mavs believe in him and he spent all summer and he wants to play. So I think that he's going to be the guy that doesn't necessarily find a different level to his game but is at his not playoff peak but at a relative point in his career where he's the best version of himself on a roster that asked him to do the thing only the things that he's
0: good at i like it (laughs) i like it good words goodbye everyone